welcome to Not Just Pretty Faces, the podcast that celebrates women who are killing it. I'm so excited to share the stories of the women who have put their skills to the test and are working their way to the top of their game, if they're not already there. These women are brilliant, funny, and full of powerful magic. They are not just pretty faces. Hi, I'm Marina Jensen, your host and a mental fitness and resilience coach, an advocate for being experience-informed, and I help women have more success, better relationships, and less stress, which gives them more happiness in their lives. Let's get started with today's episode. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Not Just Pretty Faces. Today, I am so excited I have my friend Jill Wilkins with us. She is the COO of NuboCo, and she started there as the events coordinator. So I am super excited to hear her journey. I hope you are as well. Welcome, Jill. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad it worked out in our schedules. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> as, as with every episode, we're going to start with a quick fire round. So where are you from? Originally from Waverly, Iowa, and I now live in the Mount Vernon and Lisbon area. Perfect. That was my next question. Where do you currently live? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you text the most? Oh, probably my husband. And a favorite trip that you've taken? Hmm. Gosh, I've been fortunate to have some really cool experiences there, but actually this past summer, we crossed off a little bucket list and drove out to Maine and just did a really nice big long road trip. And we were able to show our 11 year old just a big chunk of the country. And that's just a state that I have always wanted to go to and never been. And so it was really cool to finally be able to do that. That is exciting. I may have to get some, uh, some uh, insight from you on that after after this episode, because I plan on going up to New England. So I would love to hear all of those things. Perfect. How do you self-care? Oh, you know, honestly, I'm not very good at that, but, um, and and I will be the first to admit it, but um, I do enjoy reading. And that's something that was always my go-to when I was a lot younger. Um, And it's something that I had not been able to do much in recent years. And that's been a goal over the last year or so is just to get back into doing, even just carving out a small amount of time to just read a book. And so I would say, you know, that has definitely high on my list. And then just trying to find some time in the day to do something that is active, whether that's actually really exercising or um, whether that is actually working on something that's a hobby of mine, as well as just doing choreography for some dance classes that I actually teach and and work on with the high school. And so it's just, it makes the brain work in a few different ways. And I find myself rejuvenated after. That's why I I just learned something new about you today. (laughs) I didn't know that you taught dance. That's exciting. It is. It's, it's been a lot of fun. It was never on the path, right? Many of us have like those the ideas of those paths and those roads that veer off. And that was never something I thought I would do. Um, but the opportunity presented itself and it's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, what was your first job? Well, if I go way, way back, it was a barista at a coffee shop 
in high school. And I suppose if I go back even farther, uh, babysitting, but I worked at a coffee shop for a while. And then if I were to say my first, you know, right out of college job, <laughs> I actually worked at a bank for a while. Um, I was a teller. Uh, we had moved to a small town in Iowa for my husband's job and was looking for, you know, just you know, what I could, what I could find and do. And that actually, you know, the, the work itself was not maybe necessarily, you know, the, the thing that I was interested in, but it was actually a really good place to be for a while because I really had an opportunity to learn the community that we were in and meet members of the community that I would not for sure have otherwise had the opportunity to meet. That's awesome. And community is such a huge part of what your role is now. Mm-hmm. Did you think that, well, let me, let me actually, let me ask you this question first. What was your, your college experience? What was your degree in? Sure. I was a communications major and had a public relations emphasis. And then I actually had a theater minor. So, and in no way in any of that process was event planning or anything like that <laughs> in my right. brain. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. when I first met you, You were at the Economic Alliance, which for those that don't know, the Economic Alliance is our version of the chamber. Mm -hmm. And was that your first event planning gig or had you done other stuff before? Uh, For the most part, um, in my first real experience in the Cedar Rapids community was working for Orchestra Iowa, which at that time was still the Cedar Rapids Symphony, and I was the box office manager and marketing assistant. And over the course of that experience, towards the end of my time there, we started to add just little progressive dinners and just add a few little mini events in relation to the concerts that we were holding. And that was something that I enjoyed doing. It was, again, not something that I'd ever really thought much about, but um, you know, in the process of doing that, I'll always forget, I'm, I'm never the person that really like goes out, right? I just, I, I don't, I'm more of a homebody. Um, and there was, for some reason, somebody invited me to go out to the, to the bar after work one day. And there just happened to be somebody there from the downtown district that I vaguely knew who happened to mention that they were looking for an event planner. And, you know, it just, it's piqued my interest. And I decided, well, that could be really cool. This might be the right time. And I applied for it. And so prior to the economic Alliance, I was with the downtown district for five years, which though some may, may listening know or not, but that was the economic Alliance resulted in the merger of what was the chamber and the downtown district and the economic development um, organization at that time. So again, like those weird paths that you don't expect, but just happen to be paying attention. And, yeah. and that's how I found my way there. <laughs> that's that's yeah. phenomenal. Also, interesting side note, I'm reading a book called Social Chemistry. Hmm. And they, they, I just read the, this piece about how um, we, we gain jobs, we get knowledge about jobs, and we have information about jobs through people that are not close friends. So someone that you vaguely knew mm-hmm. shared this. It's, anyway, so there's just an interesting little side note. Oh, that's interesting. I'd love to read that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send it over to you. Um, yeah. So so you started at Nubo Co. as the events coordinator, and today mm-hmm. you are the CEO or COO, sorry, the COO. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I guess I'm forward thinking for you, CEO. <laughs> <laughs> <Three> goals, right? <laughs> um, for those that don't know, let's talk a little bit about Nubo Co. What 
you guys do there and why it's so important in the community. Sure. So Nuboco is a 501c3 nonprofit. We are located in Cedar Rapids, but uh, our mission is really, you know, throughout the whole state of Iowa, as far as when we're looking at our actual geographic footprint. And we are a nonprofit that focuses on entrepreneurship, innovation, and tech education, and building that within our community to help grow and create more resilient communities and to also just advance the really cool ideas that there are here in the state. And so we do that, we kind of with those three main buckets and, you know, I could go on for a really long time, but in short, in entrepreneurship, we were the first accelerator program within the state of Iowa and we still have that accelerator program today. So offering those opportunities for startups to go through programming to advance their business, you know, faster and to help make those connections. Innovation is that opportunity to really look at maybe more of our traditional businesses for them to be able to take some of those entrepreneurship principles and how do you continue to innovate and think faster and to look at how you're interacting with your customers to stay on the front edge of your industry. And then tech education has really two pieces to it. We have our K-12 education where we are working to um, make sure that all of the schools within the state of Iowa are teaching computer science. It's actually a statewide goal and we are helping to facilitate that by teaching teachers how to teach computer science. And so that's really important because that's getting that information into the minds and of our young students and helping them to understand that that's an option for them and to, to you know, spark that interest. Uh, and then we have Delta V Code School, which is um, the first actual adult coding school in the state. And that's really teaching, uh, for the most part, adult career changers to be software developers. And so that's been a really cool program because there's the need for more tech talent in the state for our innovative companies, for our entrepreneurs. And so being able to also then help individuals who are looking for a career change that are, you know, very much so coming through the program and coming out with a much higher paying job and a career they're excited about, um, you know, is a really big piece. And so we have these like three larger buckets. Uh, we've added Kiva Iowa, which is a lending program for, you know, businesses that maybe aren't able to get the traditional funds or lending or investment that they may be would otherwise be able to and so like that just we just started this last year and so you know you have all of that together when you lump it all up to say like it's to build business but it's also to build community because these all work together and are intertwined and you one is not going to be successful with the other without the other and so doing that and also doing our part to also help create that supportive space and collaborative space um, is really important. Yeah. So when you when people first go to the Nuboco website, uh, the very first thing that says "accelerating world changing ideas from Iowa," mm -hmm. which I absolutely love because Iowa is typically a flyover state, and people talk about that so much. Like, where's Iowa? You're from where? Like, what do you do there? Well, we make hella changes in the community and <laughs> all of these ways. Um, I need to gush on Nuboco for just a second because watching all of the growth that everybody there has worked so diligently to affect, um, to, to create, 
in all of these areas that you just talked about has been a beautiful thing to watch. Um, as an entrepreneur myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly, uh, like I'm kind of like a fan girl. I, I don't know <laughs> if I should admit that, but <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you work at Nuboco. Oh, fun. I love you already. <laughs> oh, I love it. I fed for that too, because not only is Nuboco doing all these great things for the community and in all in entrepreneurship and innovation and education, but you also curate and create a culture within Nuboco that I have not really seen in any other organization. And I think it's really important to, to share that as well, because that makes a difference. You guys wouldn't be as dedicated to these missions as you are if that weren't the case. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Is there like, or am I just perceiving this in a way that is like yeah. fangirlish? <laughs> no, and I, I appreciate that so much because, you know, you, you're a, a prime example of the community too. Like, you, you know, you're everywhere and you've been able to contribute and help our organization as a volunteer um, so much. So like, we're so grateful for all of that. And like, that's super cool. And I so appreciate that, but no, you are, you're so right because this is by far the most unique organization I've ever been a part of. And it's so hard to describe, you know, when you first, when I actually first started, I was like, wait, what, <laughs> how does this work? And I've been a part of some really amazing organizations over the course of my career. And I've been very fortunate with that. Um, but the, the culture within Nuboco, I think it is such a focus on action and results but I also have never been in a place that it's been so okay to fail, if that makes sense. It, that makes um, complete sense to me, but maybe you might wanna elaborate for yeah. people that don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, Eric Engelman, who started our organization, certainly infused this. Aaron Horn, who is our current executive director has just continued that, but it's this, there is no micromanaging. There is a support system there to be able to have help when you need it, to bounce ideas. Like we are there for each other, but you are empowered to go do what you need to do and to figure out what you need to do to get and accomplish what you've set out to do. And that's the that's what the ultimate goal is. We're trying to make an impact and accelerating those world-changing ideas from Iowa. We need impact for that. And that's the word that we keep going back to. And so because that is the goal and such the focus that it's encouraged to try different ways to get there and to see, is there a gap? And can we somehow look at that gap and fill that and then therefore reach our goal um, or help somebody else to reach their goal? Um, can we try, you know, we need to try to think in it. We need to be, we need to practice what we preach. We need to think in, a, in, in an innovative way. We need to go to the community and the customers and figure out what is needed or the business that we're working with. And so that focus on trying different things constantly, and then in that process, realizing, well, that did not work. Okay, so now we're going to try this. Or that did work. That's great. But the fact that you can try the thing, and it's okay if it didn't work because you learned something, and that can be as valuable, right, as a success sometimes, because it can help get you to the actual successful point. And I think that was definitely 
you know, a change. And in the opportunities I've had to listen to founders from a variety of businesses over the years, you know, that's a very, a consistent theme of being able to create that space to be creative, think outside the box and do, and then continue from there, whatever the outcome may be. Yeah. I want to take a quick second and share just the, the small portion of the website about the values that New Boca mm-hmm. holds, because they think they're, they're, they fall. I mean, everything that you just said obviously falls right into that, but I want to share this, this little piece. <clears throat> Unicorns are imaginary. We're practical. Mm-hmm. We build strong, reliable business businesses where ownership remains primarily with the entrepreneur, raise capital where possible by actually selling your product. Be agile. As an organization, Nuboco adapts to change, iterates quickly, delivers value rapidly, and prioritizes critical learning first to make better decisions in the future. We teach these same techniques to our community. Led by entrepreneurs that give before they get, our program is led by people who've been there before, who live the give before you get ethos, and authentically believe in making the world a better place a distributed network of amazing people, mentors, speakers, colleagues, friends. Nuboco constructs and provides access to a world-class network of talented people to help bring these ideas to life. Mm-hmm. I mean, mic drop, right? Like that's exactly what I would think every organization and community would mm-hmm. want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Let's talk, now that we've talked about Nuboco, let's mm-hmm. talk about your journey to COO. So mm-hmm. how did that happen? How long did it take? Are you <laughs> thrilled? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it was a really interesting process. So I started with the organization, I lose track of time, probably, I think it was five and a half years ago. As you had said, as the investor director and my main purpose was to create, Entre, well, not to create, it already existed, but to continue on Entrefest, our two-day conference, and then other events as well. And um, had been in that position for three and a half years, I would say. And um, over the course of that third year or so is when um, our founder and current executive director, Eric Engelman, was starting to create the new venture fund and ISA Ventures was going to become a thing. And that was what he was going to be transitioning over to leading that organization. And so... um, you know, during that process was starting to think about, you know, do you look else, do you look outside the organization or do you look inside the organization? And um, Aaron Horn was our current CEO and certainly a very natural fit has been a member of the board and s- such a longstanding part of the new Boko organization. And so that made a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, I just was very grateful because over the courses, as they were looking at who they thought had the skill set or the abilities to be able to kind of be that say partner in crime, but you know to write to to support Aaron and to support the organization. Um, you know, Eric came came to me and asked if I would be interested and shared, um, you know, kind of what their vision was uh, or his vision was. And you know, he had they in talking. He and Aaron had saw me as a, you know, a good fit. And so we had a few conversations about that. Certainly that, you know, becomes a larger conversation with boards, you know, thinking about the whole succession plan and whatnot. Um, But I appreciated the opportunity to have been asked and also asked if I even wanted to, right? Like there was definitely the opportunity to say no, but, and, and that, 
you know, having the space to be able to do that and say, no, that's not the right fit for me. I also appreciate it, but to be able to say, yes, I think I can do this. I would like to do this. And I appreciate that you see something in me that, you know, you trust because that's also like, that's a big deal for somebody who founds their organization and is, right. is moving on. Um, and so I think, you know, certainly, you know, event planning, unless you do it, probably just, you know, can seem probably more fluffy, right, than it really is. Um, but it's very much making the well-oiled machine work. If the event goes well, people don't notice anything about it. If it doesn't go well, then they don't, right? right, right. <laughs> There's not enough trash cans, you hear about it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think being able to take the practices of really what is basically a project management skill and a whole lot of working with people over the years, you know, with the farmer's market, we had two to 300 different individuals with those vendors working each year, you know, and being able to um, work well with a variety of different personalities and being um, open and willing and wanting to listen, I think, um, have been things that I've been able to take from these past experiences into this new role. Yeah. I, I think that is a phenomenal explanation. Like people do think event planning is fluffy and pretty and, and, you know, just like the ideal gig, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> Until yeah. they actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the goal is that even if it is pure chaos behind the scenes, nobody <laughs> ever knows that. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see exactly how those skills would translate into being able to, <laughs> to run a nonprofit and do all of the things that you're currently doing. Because I think if I, if I understand correctly, you're still sort of involved in the event plan and you're not maybe all aspects of it, but you're definitely still involved in EntreFest. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for those that don't know, EntreFest is a two-day conference for entrepreneurs, Entre, mm -hmm. and it's yep. a festival. And um, it's a lot of fun. So you're still really heavily involved in, in that aspect of it as well. Um, I Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. There are, there's a question that I ask the entrepreneurs that I have on the, on the show mm -hmm. um, about how, if they've ever had a majestic meltdown or how many times they've ever looked for another job. And I contemplated whether or not asking you this question, but then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna. So have you had a majestic meltdown? during this process <laughs> and have you ever thought oh my god I can't do this <laughs> I'm out <laughs> a majestic meltdown that's a really great way of saying it <laughs> um no I don't think so I've had majestic meltdowns not in this process <laughs> <Too fair. laughs> uh, no, and I and at, you know at this point in time, I've I've really been very happy, and do I? I mean, do I? Will I be here for? Probably not, right? Nobody is is right. in this position forever, and there's definitely been um, a transition because with an event planner, you're very much it is a very specific goal and a very specific project that you are working towards that you can see the things that you are checking. I'm a you know, I love my checklist, right? That you can very easily see the things that you're checking off and then the goal at the end and how the, did that, was that successful or not? You know, in my new role, that's a little, it's a little different because there are still those, those 
tasks. There are still projects, but it's also a lot of what can I be doing to help others in their role be successful? It's maybe a little bit longer ongoing right goal as far as what we're wanting to do with the organization. And so there's definitely been like a mental switch in needing to help myself track along the way if I feel like I am doing what I need or should be or wanting to be doing. And if I feel like I'm doing that in the way that I want to be, if that makes sense. So that's just definitely been a, a a, a shift in my mind of how to think about my work. Uh, but there's so much opportunity for this organization to do more and to be able to have seen the impact so far with, and still is a relatively small area. We've been able to have big impact, but there's so much opportunity for us to grow in all of the different areas throughout the state as the the state or Cedar Rapids or anywhere continues to grow because we already always have new new people coming in and new businesses and new ideas that I think there's this forever opportunity to do really cool things that will make this a better place for my son as he grows up and for others and I think that's super cool yeah that is super cool so would you say that that is your favorite part about this new role within the, the organization or is, do you have another favorite part about this new role? I would say, yeah, I would say that I think just the ability to work throughout the organization on a more broad level. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able to work more often with some coworkers that I maybe hadn't had the chance to. Like there's really cool people that work here and to be able to have more interaction with them and to work with them in a different way than I had in the past is really neat. Uh, And to be able to have a little piece or a little touch point with all of the different things and to be able to understand how that works together even more and how they all, all the puzzle pieces fit together have a better grasp of that and more opportunity to help influence that uh, I've liked a lot that 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 would be pretty fun actually <laughs> and then sometimes you're like wait a second I'm missing a piece of the puzzle I don't get it you know and then you can eventually figure it out <laughs> yeah and that and that going back to being uh having the this culture of it's okay to fail even as COO, you do not require, like nobody is requiring you to have all of the answers all of the time in every single situation. Mm-hmm. So if you don't understand how a puzzle piece fits together, that opportunity to say, hey, I don't understand, can you help me understand this, mm-hmm. has got to be one of the most empowering things. Mm-hmm. It, it, at least it would be for me. So I, I've, that, is that something that you've experienced already? Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think that has been something that I've even just seen throughout a variety of positions. I rarely think that I'm probably the one who has the answer, but I am, I think what I've been able to do successfully is know who probably does or the collection of minds that do, you know? And so being able to go and ask that question and listen and hear that different, hear that different perspective or understand like the purpose why somebody's doing something is totally something that is embraced and encouraged to do within the organization, which I love um, because that 
leads to more questions, conversation, and maybe even additional ideas. And then, you know, even just thinking about how we have, you know, worked with Entrefest or other events in the past, being able to pull in community members and have conversations and get those different ideas and say, I don't necessarily know what's the right thing. What do you all think? And then be able to take all those little nuggets and then be able to use that to form and come up with the, with the idea the plan or the understanding. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. And it shows by the way. <laughs> um, I, I don't know how, I don't know if there's one specific area that you want to answer this next question on. So I'm just going to, I'm going to have you take a, a quick second and think about Nuboco as an, as a whole mm-hmm. and what's one piece that you focus in on the most. And then I have a question for you. Okay. I would say, well, I would say probably expanding partnerships. Okay. So now my question regarding that is what conversation would you rather be having in that area? Hmm. I think, I think they're all on the right track. It's figuring out how to have those partnerships and not be duplicating efforts. Mm. I think we have, there are a lot of organizations doing really cool stuff that are 100% like interested in working together and do work together. Um, As we're looking as an organization to work with other communities you know, and to maybe bring some of our services into those communities, having, again, some really cool conversations, but, you know, getting past the, past the point of just conversation into action, but then also getting to the point of action where we aren't duplicating efforts with others and figuring out that smooth process. I don't know if it exists, but, you know, like that, (laughs) what can be that process to smooth that we can all be um, contributing pieces, I'm going back to this puzzle reference, but how can we all be right contributing to it and not duplicating efforts so that we could have, again, just much more impact because we don't have 10 of us doing this one thing. Yeah. And so ego, as you're talking about that ego is the thing that comes to mind. So my specialty is like the subconscious and the ego and, and us as, as people, and we get in our own ways. So it's not that nobody wants to have fewer duplicated efforts, right? Some people just have really strong egos that don't want to let those, those yeah. what they've already done go. Have you yeah. run into that? Like, have you run into a hypersensitive ego and thought, what the hell am I going to, how is this going to work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. And I'm sure, you know, we're probably guilty of it of ourselves too, right? You know, we need to look at ourselves too and think like, oh shoot, did we do something that somebody else is doing? Cause we didn't take the time to pay attention or to research more. And I think that's a big piece of what we're doing now as we look to work in other communities, work with other communities more is making sure we really understand how our role fits in too. So I don't want to just say we're looking at others and thinking that, cause that's an internal reflection as well too. Um, but I've definitely run into that as well too. And it's like, you know, figuring out that, that balance of understanding what somebody else is doing, how can you acknowledge that there's obviously a lot of ownership and pride and time and effort that have been, 
that's where that comes from, right? And, and to acknowledge and appreciate that and then to be able to hopefully be able to come in and have that conversation in a way that you can figure out how you can collaborate and complement. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're handling all of all of the things beautifully from an outside perspective without having any detail on what it is that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that the, the um, strength that you portray um, which I think is genuine, by the way, I'm not just trying to be like, anyway, sometimes my mouth starts running and I don't know how to stop it. So I'm going to stop it right there. <laughs> I think that, um, I personally think that you are a phenomenal fit for the COO of Kuboko. And I think that, um, that perspective and that desire that I see in you is, um, exactly what the organization needs. So I think Kudos to everybody that made that happen and to you specifically for accepting that role because you, like you said, you absolutely had the opportunity to say no, it wasn't the path that you wanted to take. So, um, yay. <laughs> well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. All right, I have a couple of last questions for you. Okay. The first one is, what is one book recommendation you would give? Oh, Man. Oh, now you're gonna make me think about it because it's been so long. <laughs> you know what is so silly that I would actually recommend going? I would go, I, I have this desire to go back to my youth that would obviously not be, these would be easy reads, but I want to go read Nancy Drew books again. Oh, I yes. loved those growing up. And there's a part of me that, you know, I mean, these will probably somebody would read that in a day or half a day, but I kind of just yeah. want to go back to that, just that simple little mystery. And, yeah. but that's what I love. So like, I also love like a good Agatha Christie novel too. Yeah. Yeah. Both <laughs> good. I love, I love good <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> okay. Last question. If you could share one thing with the next generation of women, what would it be? Hmm. I would say to support each other. I, I think that. we can be, whether you even know it or not, we can be the, our worst and, you know, our, our worst enemies. And I think we have the ability to also be our best advocates. So I think to, uh, to support each other, to take the time to listen and listen in person yes. and to not make, a, not make um, assumptions ahead of time and to keep that open mind. I think that can do a lot of good for people as an individual, but then also just the world. I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Jill, thank you so much for your time. I have so enjoyed this conversation. And for those of you listening, you can check out NuboCo. Their website is nubo.co, C-O, no M. Um, all of Jill's contact information will be in the show notes if you have any questions about anything that she is doing or that NuboCo is doing and you want to get involved. Please, by all means, reach out because everybody there will be happy to answer any questions that you may have. And we will see all of you beautiful souls. Well, you guys will hear all of the next beautiful souls next week. Have a great day.
a special thank you to our sponsors for making this episode possible.